Credit Suisse and Deutsche Bank, are they going to collapse? What you need to know and do about it right now. Jump in with me. Investing Secrets with Kevin Attride. Yes, haircuts. They took money out of accounts to stabilize the economy. I'm Kevin Attride and I'm on a mission to help you with investing secrets, empowering you to succeed financially changing your financial perspective and growing your wealth in good times and in bad. And when the next crisis comes, those prepared to weather the storm will achieve great success while the world melts with fear. Today's episode has been made possible by our presenting sponsors, Living Wealth, Bank on Yourself with Private Family Financing, Wellings Capital, Build Wealth Through Diversified Recession-Resistant Commercial Real Estate, and Smead CPA, the next frontier CPA firm for strategic investors. All right, so you get one of the scariest calls of your life. You've invested your hard-earned money and you have a lot of it in the bank. You wanna make an upcoming purchase. You wanna put it in the stock market, but you have a lot of money in the bank. And you get this call. Hello, this is your bank calling. We just wanted to inform you that everything's okay at the bank. Everything's okay at the bank. Your money is very safe with us. We just wanted you to be aware that there are no problems here. Don't look our way. Your money is safe. Goodbye. Hopefully you've never gotten a call like that, but that's exactly what happened recently when the Credit Suisse CEO sent out a memo to investors saying, everything is fine. You don't need to look here. Okay, so what is happening? In the financial system, there's a lot of turmoil. Some of the big banks, those that are too big to fail, are undergoing significant challenges. Let's take a look at the list. This is the Financial Stability Board, and they're rating banks globally, which is called the Globally Systematic Important Banks. These are banks that are too big to fail. Ultimately, we see lots of banks that we recognize, J.P. Morgan Chase, Citigroup, Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, Wells Fargo is also on this list. But what you really wanna pay attention to is Deutsche Bank and Credit Suisse. They're on this list of banks that are too big to fail. When you have these banks that are too big to fail, they cause massive instability when there are challenges. Think back to 2008 and Lehman Brothers, and I'm sure you've slept since then, but Lehman Brothers really started the domino effect of a challenge that turned into a crisis that turned into a collapse. And I don't have to tell you that when one large bank collapses, it becomes a challenge for all of them. And so when we look to the big banks that are too big to fail, when one of them goes down, what's going to happen? Okay, so let's look at some headlines. Okay, here's the headline, Market Watch, Credit Suisse, what's going on and why is its stock falling? Never good when one of the largest banking institutions has headlines like this. Ultimately, what's really piqued the interest of traders and investors is that it's credit default swaps, fancy term for insurance on risk of the bank. So when their credit default swaps soar in price, like you see from this chart, you know that there is great challenge with this bank. In addition, you've seen that the share price is tumbling for this bank. Why? Well, they are not capitalized as much as they need to. We see Forbes asking us, is Credit Suisse going bust? 
That's, that's not good. Ultimately, they've had numerous scandals over the many years and fees to the tune of billions of dollars. And their credit default swaps are skyrocketing. The CEO sent a memo to the staff uh, telling them that the bank is stable. You never want to get that call or that memo. And then ultimately, we see Yahoo Finance telling us that they just have days to answer a multi-billion dollar question. And that's either a $4 billion question or a $9 billion question, depending on, on the estimation. How are they going to refinance? How are they going to ensure that they become sound enough? So they're calling all of their banking friends to say, help us recapitalize. We see Deutsche Bank stock price falling amid the rising credit default swaps and being compared with Credit Suisse, as well as Lehman Brothers. They're one of the largest banks as well. We see this report from the New York Post saying, after surprise layoffs, wow, you never want surprise layoffs at your bank. Senior bankers expected to see people show up. Well, they didn't. They're literally not showing up to the office and lights are off. So we see these very large banks and the challenges they, they cause. Also really interesting is when you look at what happened to Lehman Brothers in 2008, there's a major celebrity stock picker, I'm sure you know his name, a major celebrity stock picker who said, Lehman Brothers is fine, Bear Stearns is fine, go out and buy them. Okay, well ultimately that proved to be really bad. So it's really interesting to me on why these key influencers are saying, just continue to put your money in the stock market, in the bank, don't worry about it, everything's gonna work out, you just need to dollar cost average. Even if things drop precipitously, it's all going to work out well. Well, I scratch my head and say, how in the world are they, they thinking that? Why would they tell us to do that? I find it very interesting and I have a different uh, approach and a different perspective. And I want you to think about, is that money safe? So in the most recent European challenges in the crisis, we saw European banks actually talk about and in some instances taking money out of accounts. Yes, haircuts. They took money out of accounts to pay for all the issues and the fixes that needed to take place to stabilize the economy. So I want you to think about taking your money out of the commercial banks. But I've also told you previously, you do not want to have a bunch of cash. You need to make some money on this because inflation is sky high and might even go higher. Okay, so what do you need to do when you take your money out of commercial banks and you shouldn't hold on to cash, where are you putting the money? I want you to consider private banking. Sometimes called the infinite banking concept or be your own bank. And private banking is not complicated, but it is very different than just putting your money into a commercial bank and hoping that everything is okay for the long term. So what is private banking? Unlike putting money in a commercial bank, is putting money into life insurance. And you may say, life insurance? Why am I putting money into life insurance? Well, it's really interesting. Unlike a commercial bank where you put your money in and you hope they give you interest, uh, many of the large banks aren't giving you any interest and so you're just losing large amount of money with the current inflation rate. But private banking 
is a contract with a life insurance company. You may say, wow, why would I wanna do that? Well, it's interesting. There are certain provisions that allow you under the right fundamentals to leverage the contract of a life insurance company to act like a bank. And you might hear people saying, oh, you don't wanna do this, you don't wanna invest in life insurance. Someone really famous, I'm sure you've heard of says, don't put your money into a whole life insurance, just invest in term. Okay, well, if you want to rent a life insurance policy for a short amount of time because you think you might die, okay, that's that's good for you. We're talking about long-term stability and you creating your own private bank. And so I want you to wrap your mind around, why would I do this? Well, in addition, did you know that the wealthiest Americans, political elites, are doing this today? So if they're doing it, why are you not doing it? So I won't go into all the mechanics of private banking, but I do want to t give you just a few highlights. So when it comes to private banking, you need to find a mutual life insurance company and one that actually allows you to do private banking and one that is very stable. Well, actually, most life insurance companies are very stable because they weathered the Great Depression. Yes, so while many commercial banks failed in the 1930s in the Great Depression, life insurance companies sailed right on through because they have healthy reserves. While commercial banks are allowed to practice fractional reserve lending or fractional reserve banking, of which they only take in $1 and lend out 10, life insurance companies are highly regulated by the state to make sure that they have healthy reserves, healthy reserves that stand up against rigorous testing. So life insurance companies are very different than the average commercial bank. They are solid and stable to make sure they can make it through very challenging times. So when it comes to private banking, you're practicing banking through the means of a life insurance company and a contract, um, you just have to get over the concept that this is a little different because it's possible. You have wealthy Americans and the elite who are practicing this today. Famous individuals that you've heard of, they're doing this right now, so why would you not? So let's talk about the advantages of why you would want to do private banking aside from just losing all your money in a commercial bank. Well, and I'm saying that a little tongue in cheek, and yet there could be possibility of our federal government and overreach doing a haircut saying, well, we need to take 5% of all checking accounts because we're in financial instability. That could happen, especially under emergency powers. So let's talk about the advantages of private banking. First and foremost, is the security of the industry as backed by significant reserves. And I just mentioned this, but ultimately the reserves of a life insurance company uh, and what you are putting your money into is backed to a significant degree. So the security of your funds, of your hard-earned money is very secure. Next, we have the return on money, which is guaranteed by a contract called dividends. This is the interest that you make in your own bank, and these dividends are guaranteed by a contract, and there is no volatility. You're not going to have the bank say, well, we had a really bad year, so um, we're not giving you any, uh, any interest or uh, your interest is zero. 
the contract is guaranteed for the future. And this lack of volatility leads to point number three. Funds grow in your private bank with true compound interest. So unlike the challenge where sometimes interest rates can go up and down, this guaranteed uh, dividends, these guaranteed of a return to you is compounding, true compounding over time, even when you take out loans, yes. So this leads to the next advantage, which is you can take out a loan at any point in time without having to qualify or justify why you need the funds for an investment or for uh, your business or even just personal use. You don't have to do that at all. And speaking of loans, the next advantage is even though you may have a loan on your own funds, you're actually making a small amount of cushion, a small amount of return on the money that you have in, even though you have a loan out. And that's called arbitrage. And arbitrage is really just a fancy term for a spread between how much uh, one price is and another price is. And that has to do with the complex formulas used to calculate the interest rate. But private banking allows for that small amount of arbitrage where the money you have in grows at a faster rate than the loans you're taking out. And it almost sounds too good to be true, but yet it actually is done that way and allowed based on the contract. And next, and maybe one of the best advantages of private banking is that the returns are not taxed. Unlike a commercial bank where you have a little bit of interest and you get taxed, that marginal tax rate, that highest tax rate, you're paying that off the interest the, re the return off your private bank is not taxed at all because it's a return of premium. We could dive deeper in a future episode, but ultimately that there is no tax on any of the interest or the dividends on, on your private bank. And the next advantage, speaking of the tax benefit, are that upon death, the guaranteed life insurance proceeds are also not taxed. Yes, all this extra money that is promised and comes your way is not taxed at an income level. There can be some cases where you can reach the estate tax, but good tax planning can mitigate that as well. So there is no need to pay any income tax on the life insurance benefits. The next advantage, asset protection. Many states actually protect to an unlimited degree the proceeds of life insurance as well as the cash value in it. And so, you wanna make sure that you live in one of those states, it's most of them, and yet many states are providing a really solid benefit for asset protection for your private banking. The next advantage for private banking is it actually provides an advantage when it comes to financial aid for your child going to college. FAFSA, the free application for federal student aid, does not require you to report the cash value in your life insurance policies. And unlike a college savings plan, the 529, or the Coverdale Educational Savings Account, which you do have to report to FAFSA, you do not have to report your cash value, basically all this money you have in your life insurance policies to FAFSA to ensure that you actually can get better financial aid for your college student. And lastly, you actually can take loans from your own money and lend them out at a profit 
to others. And I know those who actually are doing this. You actually can take money out of your account, win arbitrage to increase the funds in your bank account, and you can lend that out and actually make a profit. So you can make the arbitrage and you can make a profit when you're lending out the money. It's a really awesome way to further build your own private bank. And that's what commercial banks are doing, lending out money and making profit on it. So ultimately you can free yourself from the commercial banking system, initiate your own private bank, which over the course of many decades can make you wealthy, but you have to start. And I do wanna caveat this with one warning. Don't do this by yourself. So I wanna give you a real world example and we'll call him Joe. Joe went to his, his insurance agent who practices home and auto, who also does life insurance and said, I wanna practice this private banking, the infinite banking concept, be your own bank. The agent Googled some things, said, yeah, we can do it and created this policy. He put in a lot of money just to find out that most of the money you put in just went to life insurance and he had very little cash. So you need to make sure that you're connecting with an expert and I can help you to connect with experts who actually have been doing this for decades. So you need to see an expert, but you shouldn't initiate a private banking system for yourself if you just love paying so much tax. You love being fearful of financial collapse of the commercial banking system or that you just are overjoyed to ensure that those large commercial banks build larger buildings and pay their executives large salaries. So don't do it if you like doing all those things. But if you want to be on the path to financial stability, growing your wealth, you need to jump in. And there are more investing secrets that are quite powerful for you to build and maximize your wealth. As a matter of fact, I've created a free guide to help you to be more effective in your investing journey. It's called the top investing hacks the exclusive rich are not telling us. And I want you to take action right now by clicking the link in the description below. I want you to have this exclusive access so that you can understand the strategies and the tactics the rich use to maximize and grow their wealth. All right, it's time for you to experience financial freedom. The information contained in this episode are opinions not to be used as individual guidance. As always, consult your own financial team for your investment decisions.